Welcome into episode 62 of the Pegasus podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22 at Simmons, and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. I feel like we've been talking to you guys a lot in the last week. This is our third episode within the last seven days. You guys have to be sick of us by now. I don't know why you guys are still here. I don't even, well, I I don't wanna, even want to listen to myself this much. I want to shout out to I want to shout out the listeners for like so perfectly coordinating that like half of them were going to listen to one of our podcasts last <laughs> week and the other half were going to listen to the other one. Now I think you guys should switch and listen to the one you haven't listened to yet. I'd always wondered what would happen if we dropped episodes on back to back days and it was literally each episode and I'm not even like exaggerating got exactly half what our normal audience is. It was like you guys perfectly split between two episodes. It was honestly yeah. impressive. So this is our defensive draft. If you watched, if, if you're one of the half of the audience who listened to uh, our <laughs> offensive draft, you'll know that we're drafting UCF's all-time teams to go up against each other. We had offense, now we're doing defense. I'm just going to come totally clean, Bailey, as we've been talking before the podcast, that I was planning to do this when I got home from work. We're recording at uh, 5.40, and I usually get home from work like 3, 3.30 on Wednesdays, and I got home at like 5.15. So uh, Bailey better win this draft because, guys, I just don't know what I'm doing. I, I just barely have a list of players. And uh, also, I want to shout out all the past UCF SIDs that believe there are three defensive positions in football. That definitely made things extra difficult. So this is uh, what I will say about that is I don't think it's just a UCF thing. Oh, it's not just a UCF thing. Like it, when sports I look, reference was the same. Yeah, yeah. But which like, like when I look at like other other teams, the rosters and stuff, they do the same thing where like they won't differentiate between defensive ends, and defensive tackles, outside linebackers, and middle linebackers, safeties and corners. Like it's just it's a mess. Which that's fine for like three years ago because we were watching the teams, but like I don't know what some guy from two thousand two. Or like 1995, like, I just don't know what to do with that. So, and like I said, coming fully clean, I have half a list here. So we'll see how this goes for me. Probably not well. This is going to end with me just shouting out defensive names I know throughout UCF history. So, well, that's good. So what we're doing is we're going to do four defensive linemen. We're not even going to differentiate ourselves because if, if other people don't have to differentiate, why should we? Yep. Um, we're going to make this easier. I did this to make it more easier or easier on Christian. Really? I'm being a good. Yeah, this here. wasn't the plan. We changed this like 10 minutes ago because I, I panic got on the podcast was like, Bailey, I don't have a list. So, so we're, we're doing four defensive easier. linemen, three linebackers. We are going to differentiate between corners and safeties. We're going to do two corners and two safeties. And then we're going to do a kicker and punter, which is going to be separate from the defense. And then we both are going to pick a coach via coin flip. And then we're both going to pick a uniform via coin flip. Which I'm more excited about, like that part of the podcast, I think, than whatever's about to happen here on D. That's the only part I'm gonna do well in. I, I should for, like to show how down bad I am. Like I got on the podcast and even like to show Bailey how little time I had to do this list. I listed a player and was like, "Yes, yeah, so I've got him at DE." And Bailey was like, immediately like, "That's an outside linebacker." And I was like, "All right, this is just not this is not my podcast." It's just <laughs> it's no also prep it's time. also so like I'm also arguing like, that I really don't think he was, but whatever. Well, it doesn't matter. It's also convoluted just positionally what coaches would would play them at certain positions i mean now you're looking at if you looked at if we did the draft based off of ucf's current defensive setup we'd have to draft like what is a, a yeah let's take a buck a, and a knight yeah and so it's all they've all got different names they all play different positions so to make it easier on ourselves four defensive linemen three linebackers two corners two safeties and then we'll get into special teams which is going to be fun um but <sighs> since you got the first pick of the offensive draft i get to start on defense and as you kind of mentioned to me before the podcast, it's like if you're trying to pick the best defensive player in UCF history, it's not that easy. There's a few guys that I think you could name as your like number one choice. Um, and I think it's different. I think it's different picking the best defensive player of all time and then 
saying what I'm going to pick as the, my first pick on defense. And just like that, people, I know who you're picking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> going into mine, I think you could could make a case for this guy being the best defensive player in UCF's history, but it's also the fact that I'm picking this as with my own bias in it and with the thoughts of, you know, who are the fans going to like. And so my first pick on defense is going to be Shaquem Griffin. What? Well, having it as a, as a linebacker. Who would have thought? Evan as outside linebacker. So Shaquem Griffin. If, if you want me to list through some of the things I've written down about Shaquem, I will. But from the, the start of his career, not from, from the start of his career being uh, a safety, I think you said it was. Yeah, um, I had no recollection that he was DB. listed as a safety his freshman year on UCF's roster. Yeah, and then I remember that there was a position change when Frost came in, and then just like that, he was a dominant. He, the, he was the most dominant defensive player in the conference. He won the AAC Defensive Player of the Year in 2016 with 20 tackles for loss and 11 and a half sacks. And then he came back in 2017, slept in the field house or wherever it was in the facility. Um, ended up going going on to be an all AAC player again, 13 tackles for loss, seven sacks, won the Peach Bowl MVP. I think he had like three sacks against Auburn he, in that game. He so. basically just destroyed Jared Stidham. I mean, it was yeah. uh, like Shaquem was, you could make a case that he was more critical to that win than Milton or yeah. almost anyone on the offense. I mean, it, like, I, I don't, th- I don't think we get enough credit for the fact that UCF's defense came out and shut down the sec runner up and Shaquem was so much of that. I mean, he was just, they had no answer for him. Yeah. So Shaquem Griffin start is the, the centerpiece of my defense and I'll kick it over to you for your first defensive pick. I am going to take Shaquille Griffin. And that's not okay. that he's the that's... second best or anything. I just, I'm losing this draft on Twitter if Bailey has the Griffin twins. <laughs> so I got to split well, them up. I was just having, the, I just had this thought because I didn't think this was the way you were going to go. And I was like, you got the McRae twins last week on offense. And I was like, am I going to end up getting the Griffin twins? Cause it would have been just like the most interesting, like dichotomy ever. It would have been fun. So I was actually nice because you texted me yesterday and said, should we, are we just going to flip a coin again for this? And I really we want nice, to say yes. yes Cause my, nice. my dream was I like, I started this like before I did any research, like I want the McRae brothers and the Griffin brothers. Like I will win if I get that. And I was like, that's not fair. Like I literally drafted first for offense. I was like, no, no, you just draft first. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really think that one through, but I'm glad that you were nice and didn't, (laughs) didn't take advantage of me not thinking. So, all right. (laughs) Yeah. Shaquille Griffin, also a great UCF player. I mean, he really was a great defensive player for UCF. He and Shaquem were kind of like that first, like glimmer of hope post 2015, because in 2016, the offense was not great and Milton was still putting it together um the fan base all wanted him gone which you know shows how smart they are with stuff but uh anyway i mean yeah i mean they, and they were just such a dominant duo on defense i i mean and she and obviously he's gonna have a great nfl career i'm not really considering that here but that might help me get points with this draft so i am taking shaquille griffin you know like i was just gonna say it, it's kind of i mean obviously it doesn't suck because he went on to be a third round pick in the 2017 draft but i just wish he would have been here for the 2017 season yeah. i feel like it would just would have been right for him to be here and there was no reason for him to stay. Like, absolutely. Yeah, no, no there, wasn't. He was there wasn't. It made sense, but it was just like, oh, man. I just, I don't think he could have stayed, really. Oh, yeah, because he didn't redshirt. Yeah, no, I didn't he didn't redshirt, so yeah. he couldn't have stayed. I just no, wish he, he would have been able to somehow be there. Um, but, yeah, okay, so we got we split the Griffin twins up here in the first two picks of our draft. Sorry, guys. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry to the twins. Um, okay. Well, this is interesting because, yeah, I wasn't going to take him, like, second. Oh well, yeah, because I've be just left pick. you someone very good now, but I just I was determined to oh, know. I'm very the I'm curious to think to know who you're gonna oh okay. All right. Well, never mind. I'll okay, show you. Well, oh man, there's there's a couple different ways I could go here. Um, and 
the way I'm going to go is probably irresponsible. Um, and I've just thought of a really bad segue that I'm not going to use, but I'm going to take Bruce Miller. Um, <sighs> okay. That wasn't who I was thinking of, but I'm still pissed about it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take Bruce Miller, who I think you could make a case for him being um, potentially the best defensive player, at least one of the more, one of the more decorated and one of the more dominant defensive players in UCF's history. Um, played from 07 to 10. And in 09 and 2010, he won back-to-back CUSA Defensive Player of the Years. Um, 35 and a half sacks is the UCF's all-time sack leader. Going to slot him in at defensive end, um, even though I guess we're just doing linemen. I don't know why I'm still going by the positions here. but Just to make me look bad when I have half a list later in this podcast. (laughs) Um, All right. right. So you have Shaquem and Bruce Miller. I do. I am. I'm saying that out loud in that slow voice because I'm typing down who's picking who. And I realized that I was just putting everyone like I put my picks in Bailey's and like on my phone, like, oh, okay. So I'm so I'm really just saying them out loud to myself to put everyone back in the right place. Yeah. And well, I have my list of my own players anyway. So if we ever need a cross reference, if you mixed it up, then we're good. Given that I don't have a list, that's a great like I'm basically just spitballing UCF defensive players (laughs) on top of my head here. So this is this is great. Uh, I'm going to take I'm just going full for the win here. I'm going to take Asante Samuel. Okay. Yeah. That's the only, that was the other option I was going to consider taking. I but don't I think feel, of Asante Samuel as a Mac player. I don't either. That's weird. That was weird he played to me. that long ago. Yeah. Crazy to me. He started his UCF career in 1999. <laughs> like, I was, how old was I? I was two. I think yeah, I, was I was two. I was one year old. So yeah. Showing so. our, we're, we're showing our age. We're just basically just, we obviously just told you our age, but people know that we're young anyway, but I've definitely if, mentioned our ages. On I'm just podcast. saying just in case people like couldn't tell by like our lack of knowledge of like the 1980s and 1990s of UCF football, we just told you there we were one and two, we were one and two years old when Asante Samuel was playing. So, well, I was also laughing. Cause you made some comment. You're like, you know, like I, it, it's tough because I didn't even start watching these guys until 2016. And I'm like, well, I've been watching them my whole life, but it was probably like, middle school before I first considered that defense was more than me like cheering when the other team <laughs> fails so <laughs> yeah I mean I I started I actually started watching in 2011 and then really really paying attention oh I forgot because your brother your brother went yeah there, yeah yeah so it started in 11 um so I was vaguely around for the 13 season which was fun and also I was definitely around in the 15 season when I had just got accepted to UCF I think we've told this on the podcast before just gotten <laughs> accepted to UCF and so I had to deal with everyone as they were going 0-12, I had to deal with everyone being like, you're going to UCF? And then I got to laugh at them two years later. How do you think that was for me? My whole life, I was a UCF fan, going to games my whole life. And then 2015 was my freshman year. So my first year on campus, <laughs> I'm finally a student and going to UCF games in the student section, which was like this cool thing. And, they, and it was 0-12. I just, yeah. But I don't know if I've said this podcast before. I'm sure we have at some point. My dad also went to UCF. And his first year, his freshman year at UCF, they also went, went winless. So it's kind of like, a, it's kind of like a family tradition. That. Yeah. Remember we had him on the, we had him on the podcast. Yeah, I assume that would have come up on that podcast. So yeah. if I have a son one day, he's doing his first year at USF, then he'll transfer over. All time guests, Roger Simmons. <laughs> um, okay. Well now I don't really know what I'm going to do. Do I go see this entire go? draft? Is do, that I thought? <laughs> do I go corner? Do I go safety? You have both of your corners already. Yeah. So I'm I don't, well, I guess I'm not going to do the thing. We do this last week where I was like, I don't have to. <laughs> so you're just going to. Gonna, uh, no, yeah. I'll, I'll take one soon. I just don't know if I'm going to do it here. Um, shoot. This is actually bad. This is very bad podcasting. Um, all right. I'm going to take Terrence Plummer. Okay. As my second linebacker. Um, he was just a very, very good player. Um, I kind of forgot this. And I mean, I guess there's no reason for me to, to maybe remember it, but 
for some reason, I was thinking the 2013 season was his last season, but he came back in 2014 and had another really good season. You know, so I 13, had that thought with like, sorry to interrupt you really quickly. I yeah. had that thought with like several different guys that <laughs> on both sides of the ball as we did this, that I just have no recollection of them still being here in 2014. And it almost yeah. made me wonder if like UCF actually underperformed in 2014. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so in 13, he was all AAC first team, 110 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, the Fiesta Bowl defensive MVP. And then he came back in 14 and was again all AAC first team as a captain of the team, 99 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, four sacks. So he actually really had a better, he had a pretty much a better four, uh, 14 season than he did 13. But yeah, I, which, I, remember him, I, I remember 13 as being his final year. Which to clarify, like 2014 was not a bad year in any way. No, I mean, they won the right. conference. That's never a bad year. But, you know, they, I mean, they won nine games. It wasn't a bad year. It just, if they'd won that bowl, it would have been remembered differently. That was kind of a rough. Or if one. they would have beaten UConn. Uh, that, no, that was bound to happen. Because if that hadn't happened, then the conflict wouldn't have been born. And that was worth it. So I'm not upset about <laughs> was that. Was it worth it? Yes. Was it really worth <laughs> yes. it? The greatest rivalry in sports, the civil conflict. I posted that on my Instagram story um, on the day of. Like I posted a picture of bounce house and i was like the greatest day in sports the greatest rivalry in sports civil conflict and i had one of my friends like swipe up and was like you're kidding me right and i was like you can't tell that i'm joking i was like it's kind of bad i think it's a bad reflection of me yeah that's not that i was joking but you know what i don't really care all right did i just oh yeah i just took terrence Plummer. all right so we're over to you yeah i just realized there was a corner that i was determined to take and i'm done a corner so that didn't (laughs) work out um anyway I don't know what to do now. I wonder um, who that is. I'm, I'm curious to know who that is. I have seven corners listed here, even though I have, I have more. more corners than the other position. Um, I'll just say who it was. I really want to get my cues for the points, but oh. for the Twitter points, but I sort of am done with that now. Understandable. Um, I don't know which way. I'll, all right. I'm going to take a kind of, we'll do it for the fan. All right. I'm going to take Doosable. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I figured I was probably, um, I was probably risking it by not taking him over Plummer. But you know what? That's okay. Bailey, That's I okay. barely have a list. You better not let me beat you with 15 minutes of prep for this podcast. <laughs> you better not. I'm trying. I'm trying my best here. Um, do you want to say anything about Leger or no? You have the stats, man. So in 06, he was an all-conference USA third teamer, seven sacks, 10 and a half tackles for loss. 07, he came back with seven and a half sacks, 14 tackles for loss, and was first team all-conference USA. Um, yeah, very good. He was my number one defensive tackle listed on here. Um, assuming I, mean, I think I did find confirmation that he did play defensive tackle. He, as I was looking this up, I was trying so hard. I spent way more time than like I needed to trying to determine if these guys played defensive end or defensive tackle. But usable, I found rosters that listed him at both. So okay, I, yeah, I think I I forget where I read it, but I think I he'd spent time at both. So yeah, I had listed him as a defensive tackle. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, I want to interrupt this podcast real quick to just say real quick, guys, shout out to Bailey for really for really pulling pulling this podcast because <laughs> I'm just kind of here. Like, I'm basically you. I just showed up and I'm doing a podcast. So that, thanks for the stats, Bailey. I, I mean, really that, it. It, it evens out because when we do like the expansion, we did the expansion stuff, the realignment stuff, like you carried all of those because that's the stuff that you pay attention to. This is true. And I just, so like I, I said, it's about I, time, thought, I, guess. I, I thought I was going to have two hours today to prep for this. I had 15 minutes, so we're doing what we can, but <laughs> it's fine. So anyway, go ahead oh, wow. I'm left, one. I'm left kind of thin at defensive tackle. I should have taken him. Um, that's not good. All right. <laughs> Where am I going next? Let me go to, I'll take a corner here. Cause I don't want to be a jerk. Um, I appreciate you. I'll take Joe Burnett. Um, yeah. who I think. It's funny because he was a really he was a really good cornerback, but just as a return specialist, like if we were doing return specialists, I'd have him double as 
my, my return specials because he was incredible. But all right, uh, let me ask you, way, Joe Burnett or Mike Hughes at return specials? I think Burnett. Wow. Okay. I don't know. It's it means it's harder though because I can't say I watched him play. Um, That's fair. But just based on what I've read and all, like his body of work as a return man was like he was a. Let me see if I have it here. Oh uh, yeah, it was a, he had a four year sweep of first team. Uh, like return specialist for all conference USA. So like he was the return specialist, like on the first team every year of his career. That's insane. And I like Hughes had, I think Hughes was the, I think I have that year too. Um, Hughes was the second team all AAC kick returner in 2017. And he obviously had the kick, the kick return against USF. So like, it's, it's hard when you put them up against each other, but I think overall body of work Burnett, but it, anyways, as a corner, um, I mean, he was the first team all American in 08. And in that season, he had 44 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, four interceptions, 11 pass breakups. Um, yeah, I mean, just a, a – oh, and I also have this. He had a – so that was in – that was 08. I'm very confused now. Yeah, that was 08. Basically, that's it. Joe Burnett. I have to interrupt again. Uh, I don't know if it's picking up on my mic at all, so apologies if it is, but I am – no joke, I live two houses down from, like, a literal garage band, like, actual people in a garage. <laughs> I can't with hear With, like, it, drums but... and guitar and everything, and they're playing right now, and it is, like, rattling my window. So if that's showing up on the mic, I apologize. But, again, it's a normal that. time to be doing that because it's 5.59 p.m. Hold on. No, I can't hear it. <laughs> really? That's like it is. So I was loud. trying. I was trying to. We could get. I'm some happy you music. can. I feel like I can't hear myself think. We can um, get some background music in here. All right. All right. It's so loud. I am literally like trying to focus. Now you're battling the elements. And there's so much to going together. On. It, it, it's rough, guys. Um. All right. I'm gonna go unconventional here. I'm gonna go Richie Grant. Oh shoot. He was my number one safety. I he, Richie Grant was insane. Like I, I I've never watched a UCF defensive player who just could who was just always on the ball like that i mean like he was play anywhere on the it was insane i i he was so fun to watch and yeah he, he i mean he was obvi- obviously he was my top safety choice too but i uh i thought i might save him for later but i'm glad i didn't since you were upset yeah, i was probably gonna take him next do you remember remember that article that came out in the sentinel toward the end of his career where he was talking about like in 2017 he was just like unhappy and like not being able to contribute and like all that yeah and he then, said he wanted to quit yeah, but he like he came up with that forced fumble at the end of the USF game. Yeah, I, people I talk because I think it was it was Shaquem who recovered, right? Yes. But Richie was the one who poked it out. And yeah. like, I don't even think the fan base really knew Richie's name at that point. Like that was his first like moment. I don't I don't think so. Yeah. And then the next year was when he came back. And um, I mean, I think he had. So here, where is it? He had six interceptions and three forced fumbles. So that's he was responsible for nine turnovers just Jeez. on that. I think he had a couple of fumble recoveries too. Yeah, I um, forgot. Because then 2019 was weird because didn't he not get a pick until like the very end of the season? He might only have like one. Yeah, it was really weird. And no, I think he went into the bowl game without any and then he had that pick six against Marshall. <laughs> it was it was weird. It was something weird I was like, like that. I was like, because even, even still, he was having, it wasn't like he was having a bad year. It's just he didn't have the interception numbers that he had had the year before. No, he hadn't had a bad year at all. No. But then in, in 2020, he came back and had another really good year. Like he his four year, like, the last three years were really good. And obviously I think it kickstarted with that fourth fumble at the end of the USF game, but like for a four year body of work, like he was. And he to was be clear, the thing about the interceptions is teams weren't really throwing on him at all. Like it was yeah. just like, I mean, he was a great guy. So great player. Oh, man. So yeah, I, uh, up to you next. All right. Well, I guess I can't let you have both of my top two safeties. So I'm going to take, well, I don't know if you would take them anyway. I'm going to take Clayton Gathers. Um, he was, I have all these things like written in reverse order. 
Um, but he was an all freshman on the all freshman conference USA team in 2011. And then in 2013, he was second team all AAC. 2014, he was all AAC first team as a captain. 383 career tackles. He had played 53 games in his career, which is, I feel like, a sizable number. And that included 52 starts. Like he started his last 52 games at UCF, which tied a record for um, the program. And yeah, just really good. He's gone on to actually, um, I think he's still in the NFL, right? I know he's had, he's had a pretty decent NFL career. Again, this isn't something that we're really taking into account here, but just a really solid. But you guys player. will. So we kind of have to. Yeah, we don't that's want fair. To. That's fair. But yeah, Clayton Gathers. Good pick. He was on my list. Um, as you know, because I added him to the list about 10 seconds before we started the podcast and explained it out loud. <laughs> um it's been a day for me guys uh where do i want to go next all right i'm gonna take another one that i feel like there's nothing we talked about a little bit it's like ucf really hasn't not dissing any players hasn't really necessarily had an illustrious history along the d-line like there's a few guys here and there options there yeah i mean there's there's a few guys here and there and i have some more that i'm probably gonna have to dig into here pretty soon but yeah so i'm gonna take another one who was recent but i felt was um problematic but dominance and that's gonna be going. that's gonna be tristan hill yeah so yep. tristan hill a uh, lot to unpack there obviously there was some off-field stuff too but i mean you can make a case that he was like like almost single-handedly responsible for a conference championship in some sense i mean like i feel like we talked about in 2018 like that was when second half randy came a thing it was really just second half randy gives up and puts tristan hill in <laughs> and tristan hill shuts down the other team i mean that happened yeah. like multiple times basically both those memphis games were just tristan hill deciding okay you're done and just shutting memphis down so he was like i said he, he was kind of flash in the pan where he wasn't notable here for very long and there were definitely caveats that came with him being notable here but he was just very dominant so yeah and what I was like thinking about when I put him on my list was like, if we were, we were doing these, this draft, like under the, the idea of these two teams playing each other and just the talent that he displayed in his time here. Like I was like, yeah, I would like to have that guy on my team. Yeah. He so, would, yeah, I mean, he, he would, he could disrupt any offense. Like he, he might not be good. like the, he might not actually be the second best, like overall most productive or second best defensive tackle in UCS history, but he's up there just in terms of talent and overall, like he did his, his impact in those couple of years was insane. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm now left once again confused. Defense is so much harder than offense. It is very difficult. There's um, so much more nuance to it. So there's a couple things that make it difficult. One, there are a lot of guys where it's virtually a question mark of what position is their true position. Yeah. Um, there's also like, especially it's why I feel like I'm, I feel bad when I draft any historical guys, but like they're, they're like, there, there aren't there, there aren't as many quantifiable things to look at on defense as there are with offense. So guys from 20, 30 years ago, it's harder to identify the ones that stood out unless they had some sort of honor or unless like I was alive to watch them play. So the defense has definitely been harder than offense. That's where, yeah. And that's where like, I, I feel like I'm taking risks too by taking these historical guys because I didn't get to watch them play. I just have looked up numbers and looked up stories and stuff on them. And I don't know, like of the people that have listened to the podcast, I don't know how many of them, We've, I think we had some people like respond last week that like listed some of the historical guys that we missed, which yeah. I hope that happens again. Cause I like, you know, I would like to know. Um, that we're going to get think, killed. For, we're going to get killed for our defense picks, but that's, just, I think like, that's, that's the thing it. is I think I'm like, I'm taking risks in terms of voting. Cause some people are actually like, I don't know who that is. So I'm not going to vote for him. Um, I'm going to go with my other defensive end. I'm going to take Daryl Rudd, who is a historical pick as I, after I say all that <laughs> um, he, I didn't even, Oh, he played in like the eighties. So. 
there you go. That's about um, to say, I, I just don't know who that is. So. Yeah, I mean, he had he had school records when he left. I think he still has some of them. He had a five sack game in 1984 against Western Kentucky. Um, 56 and a half tackles for loss, 31 and a half career sacks. I think he was the sack leader until Bruce Miller broke it, uh, broke that record. Uh, he's in the UCF Hall of Fame. He had the single season tackles record uh, in 1983 with 150 in a season, uh, 347 overall tackles. I'm pretty sure I already said that. But yeah, fill out my, my other defensive end spot with Daryl Rudd. I'm glad we're getting some historical guys in there because I'm I not also, even 100% sure about the thing. I, I didn't even look up. It was like, it's R-U-D-D. I assume that's Rudd. Because I also screwed up. I literally, I screwed up with corners so bad. I totally, I, I just, the Shaquille Griffin pick blinded me. I, I like, <laughs> I, because I had a, a pretty historical pick that I thought would play well with the fan base that I wanted to click there too, and it didn't work I'm out. curious so. of who that is. Well, now we'll never know. So okay. I am next. Go- I'll take, take my next corner. I'm probably going to take my next quarterback soon. So then okay. we will know. So you can We will me. know. Um. All right. Just in the continued interest of taking guys who have played in the last three years. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take, depending on your point of view, apparently defensive end or linebacker Titus Davis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was on my list. I had, it says things. I had him as an outside linebacker because I thought he played outside linebacker, but it's again, it's the, it's the scheme thing. It's, it's whether yeah. it depends on the scheme you're running. So I don't think you can really go, go wrong saying he's an outside linebacker or a defensive end, which means that I will slot him wherever I then want to take another pick. I think if you would, probably classify him like i think you probably classify him as an edge like that's what they do with well the that's NFL the thing but like, like but that that it, in itself is an in interpretation of okay yeah. so is that is that a d end or is that a linebacker right so yeah anyway yeah, i'll take titus davis he was just a real i mean he was one of those heart and soul guys that we talked about a lot with those really impressive ucf teams i he was one of those guys I, he was one of the first people on twitter to let us know how bad the locker room was when josh heifel was the coach <laughs> um and he well, it was huge for that too it was huge, though, for him to play the role that he did in 2018 because 2017, yeah. obviously, Shaquem leaves and you're like have a massive hole, you think, like in terms of leadership, in terms of defense and production wise. He like he, he had a good year in 2017, but he kept it up in 2018 and took over that like vocal leader role that UCF really needed. His leadership role we talked about was I felt like part of what was missing to an extent in 19 and definitely in 20 when the defense yeah. was getting a little listless. I mean, he had a, he had a big impact on the team and I seriously feel bad that I'm literally drafting guys from the last like three or four years, but I don't know. <laughs> um, Doing what I can guys. See, as I'm still feeling, I'm still feeling like I'm, my team is because of that going to be a little bit more representative of like overall UCF. I still have a lot of historical guys I could dig into here. Um, I haven't taken – I need to be fair because you've taken your defensive linemen, right? You've taken two of them? Uh, yeah. If you want to count Titus, I've, you count Titus, I've taken three. Oh, well, shoot. Wait, so what did you take him as? You have to take him as a defensive lineman or linebacker, I guess. Right? I'll let you know later. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, stupid. Um, I'm going to take a defensive tackle since I don't have one. I'm going to take Terrell Troop, who is a name that I found as I was doing this research. Two-time All-Conference USA, captain as a senior in, in the, for the 07 Conference Championship team. Played in 47 games, 39 starts. Two times he led UCF to the best run defense in the Conference, Conference USA. Went on to the NFL, Terrell Troop. That was also like peak UCF being like a defense first team, which feels yeah. kind of like... It was very, very O'Leary. Oh, very O'Leary. Very those, those were the pale gold jersey days if I've ever seen them. So I'm yeah. glad we're getting more eras <laughs> represented here. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm gonna take big cat Brian. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to draft the there was a, there was a split <laughs> second where I was like, wait, is he really? I knew, um, your, I knew your prep time was cut, but I didn't know it was that cut. 
I'm just trying to figure out where to go next. All right, I think I'm almost going to just go. Hmm. Am I? I'm thinking. I, I, I think I might be reorg because now I just feel bad that we're not drafting guys from like past. So I think, all right, I'm just, I'm going to take Atari Big B as my other safety. Okay. So just to, you know, just to get some more, just to get some more representation from the UCF eras, because I feel like I'm doing a poor job <laughs> just drafting. He was on a list. It's bad though, because I didn't even realize that he went to UCF. Like I knew him from the oh, NFL seriously? and didn't realize that he was a UCF guy. I mean, I guess that makes sense because that was long, uh, but I mean, that was a long time ago. He, I mean, his, he was, uh, he was another Mac guy, which is just, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's like, I guess just part of my brain can't process that UCF legitimately played football in the Mid-American Conference. Because every time I see that next to a guy's name, I'm just like, this makes no earthly sense. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that. Um, okay, interesting. So where do I go next? I'm like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much on the board all over the place in terms of positions. I'm gonna take my second outside linebacker, another historical pick that I'm taking a risk on because people might, people might not know him, but they should. Um, Bob Spitulski from '88 to '91, he was just he was a, a game wrecker. UCF a Hall of Famer. He set a record uh, with seven tackles for loss in a game in 1991. Which I can't. I just wish there was film of that game. I don't know that I, I could find that anywhere. You definitely. If we can't find Dante game. Culpepper film, we definitely can't find that. Seven tackles for loss in a game against Savannah State. Um, he was a third-team All-American that year in '91. He had 46 career tackles for loss, 13 sacks in the 1990 season. Overall, from everything I read about him, he was just one of the one of the guys of like the early UCF. I guess that wasn't like the very early era, but it was still it was in the '90s, '88, uh, late late '80s and early '90s. But one of those guys that. I think is easy to forget about if you're a younger fan. So I feel good about having him represented here. I feel like we're doing a better job. I was getting worried with our earlier picks. We're doing a good job. We're Bailey's <laughs> listing guys I've never heard of. I mean, we're just, we're killing it. It's so I, I, so I've decided that I took Titus Davis as a linebacker, by the way. Okay. okay thanks. And that is because I am now going to take uh, Troy Davis. Okay. <laughs> do you, you, do you seem upset about that? Yeah, actually, well, I can't be because I couldn't have taken him anyway. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, that's fair. I had both of my defense. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel I like that counts him. as a historical pick because he was like about 10 years ago at this point. Which is wild to think about. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously, Troy Davis did a great career. He, I'm just going to read off his bio here because, again, guys, I could not compare. I could not get stats ready. So, he led all UCF linemen with 72 tackles in 14 starts in the 2012 season. 2012, he was all-conference USA first team that year. 2012 is a UCF season where the team was pretty good, and I feel like fans sort of gloss over that year because it was before, it was kind of wedged between 2010, where they won the where they won a bowl for the first time beat Georgia, and 2013, which is obviously the great year. 2012 was a really solid year. They, uh, they didn't win conference USA that year. Um, but they beat Ball State, I believe, in the bowl game that year. They won 10 games. It was a really solid year all around. So continuing to represent the UCF eras. Troy Davis. Good. Troy Davis. Um, wait, do you have both? Do you have all your defensive line yet or no? I need one more. Okay. Well, then I won't I won't give this guy a shout out because there's another historical oh, please do. guy that no, it's okay. <laughs> um, all right, where should I go next? Should I take my other corner? I think I will. I'm gonna take my other nice. corner. And it's going to be Josh Robinson. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Another one of the 12 corners that I had listed. <laughs> just a bunch of really corners. That's the thing. That with, with that, we're leaving out Mike Hughes and A.J. Bouye. Bouye? I always struggle with his name, Bouye. Uh, and Travis Fisher. We're, list, we're, like, we're forgetting a bunch of guys. Kobe I'm Glenn. curious. Is that who you were, you were going to say that earlier? I was going to say Travis Fisher. Oh, okay. Travis Fisher. 
Um, anyway, Josh Robinson, again, like a very like overall body of work, very impressive. Like he was a true freshman in 09. He played 13 games, started 11 of them. Um, he had 59 solo tackles, eight pass breakups and six interceptions. Like to be a true freshman have six interceptions. That's crazy. Like, it's just like you get the, you make the jump from high school to college and you're like, this is still too easy. Um, 2010, he was all conference USA first team with, uh, down to two interceptions, but still had 13 pass breakups. Um, and then 2011, all conference USA first team again with two interceptions and 15 pass breakups. Um, yeah, I mean, he was he was just a, a solid player all around. He went on to have a good, really good uh, – this is kind of like a – what's the word? Um, sentimental pick for me, too, because, like, he was a – he played for the Bucks for a while, and he was, like, an absolute stud on special teams, and everyone just loved him. So I'm glad I have him here. Happy for you. Thank you. Um, all right, guys, we've reached the point of – we've reached the point of my list where I'm just going to start taking guys who were, like, on UCF this year or very recently. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to finish up my D line with Kalia. Okay. That's fair. And I on my list. And I again, honestly this was, don't think that that's just a recency pick. He was really freaking good. And I'm really bummed. We didn't get a full season of him this year because I mean, and, and it's not, I mean, the defense was great without him, but I mean, man, he was, he was a force. I'm hoping, I mean, I I'm worried about his NFL prospects just because of the lack of tape. I mean, opting out in 20 and then only getting a few games in, but getting in, we were talking about this via text getting better. The combine seems like a really good sign. So yeah, as long as he he tests well there, as long as he tests well there, I think he's getting drafted. And that's the thing is he along kind of along the same lines as Tristan Hill was like on my list because of like just the pure talent that he had. Yeah, exactly. Overall, like when you read out like his, his stats or product, whatever, like, it, it was weird because he had that he had 2020 where he opted out and then 2021 where his season was cut short um, because of an injury. But he's still very, very good overall. A name I'm surprised you didn't take defensive line wise was somebody else I had on here was Jamias Pittman. I had, he was next up on my list, literally next like, up. And we don't talk about him enough, to be honest. Yeah. When I looked at like when I looked at his stats and I looked at his accolades and stuff, I was like, he was actually like a lot bigger of a deal, I think, than that team was just so talented that it was easy. That's to the play. thing is that team was just stacked. Yeah. Um, he also had like a just fantastic touchdown at one point in his career. <laughs> so that's got to count for something. <laughs> it does have to count. I'm sure I remember it. Was it a catch? Did he catch a pass? I think he caught a pass. Yeah. That is insane. That's amazing. It was that, what was um, it called? They had a name for that formation, but I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. Something. I mean, it, it was, I can't remember what it was. That's going to bother me. I mean, it was a, it was a jumbo formation, but I don't remember what it was called. I wonder if I could Google and find it really quickly. If I just okay, type well, in Jemias Pittman formation, will it come up? It's possible. Um, I can go ahead and tank formation. Here. Tank formation. Tank formation. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense. Thank you, Orlando Sentinel, for writing a story in the tank formation. Anyway. All right. Well, well, we're coming down to the end here. I only have two more picks to make. A safety I have two more to make, tackle. too. Yep. I got two linebackers. So. Um, okay. Safety and defensive tackle. Wait. Oh. Hey, you I'm going to take Jemias Pittman. Oh, <laughs> I forgot I didn't have a defensive tackle. I'm going to take Jemias Pittman. Okay. Can you really still not listened. hear the band? I cannot. Wow. I don't understand how, but I'm happy about it. I like how we just talked about how, like, oh, wow, like, Jemias Pittman doesn't get talked about enough. I'm sitting there with a blank spot on my defensive tackle. Then, then we had a whole talk about him, then you drafted him. So, yeah, yeah. We're, we're killing it right now. So I don't have to say any more about him, really. Yeah, I think we're good. I'll take my next pick. Um. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Pat Chesinski. Okay. This is where, this is where I think 
you slash me also as like my proxy are going to catch some heat for leaving some guys out um, well, from I, just like the very very old days you know I, i'm guys i'm going with what i know but and... you've been fully transparent so it's like <laughs> I, it's... i've been fully transparent that i did not get to research this podcast so we've reached the point where i'm just listing guys off the top of my head so i'm taking patchison's that's fair enough this has not <laughs> been our finest podcast and i it, i i would blame myself hey, i think i'm doing great but uh i'm gonna blame i'm gonna blame my job instead for um, i think i'm doing more great. of my time today than usual so um all right. Well, then we'll jump into our last defensive picks here. My last pick is has to be a safety. Um, I'm going to go with Kamal Ishmael, who yeah, another like Conference USA era player. I was a Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year in 2012 with 124 tackles out of the safety position, five tackles for loss, three picks, four pass breakups. Um, again, an overall body work. Like he was an honorable mention for conference, all Conference USA in 2011. Uh, in 2010, he was a first teamer for all uh, conference USA just overall very good and he went on to have another he's another guy who went on to have a good NFL career so my two safeties are are solid UCF safeties who also played in the NFL uh I went back and forth between um him and Digby but I wanted to go further back and represent an older era so that was pretty much all I get that, that, that was based <laughs> off of um and the reason for that is because with my last pick I'm going to take Nate Evans just solidifying <laughs> my team right. of mostly guys who have played here in the last four years. So uh, yeah. That's the thing is like strategically, I know you mean this wasn't your strategy, but it could work. It sure as hell was not my strategy. And I'm actually looking at my list and I'm like annoyed that I might win just because like so much of the <laughs> fan base is new and is going to see guys yeah. that they've seen play. All right. So. Let me, let me, before we go into flipping a coin for special team, no, you get to go special first for special teams. That's right. Um, But before we get into that, let me just throw some names out there so that, like people aren't like how did you not even mention this person um let's go down the list here uh greg jefferson was a defensive end um who's in the ucf hall of fame played in the 90s he had six block kicks in his career good lord that's like how does that happen <laughs> i don't know it was like he is he, his ucf record of six block kicks still stands and i was like yeah i i'd I mean, say it would yeah I, I would expect it to um Another guy I had listed as defensive end that could not find if he played tackle or end was Sylvester Bimberry, played in the 80s. Um, and that kind of like a really like, I think he was like one of the, they had like when he was in the arena league and they came out with a list of like the best arena football players of all time. And he was like top 10 or 11 or something like that. Like he was oh, wow. really, he had like a really illustrious career um, in the arena league. And then I had another one was Elton Patterson who played in from 1999 to 02, 59 and a half career tackles for loss and 30 and a half sacks. And just so that I don't like ramble on and on and bore the people who don't care about the historical people. Last one I'll mention is Bill Giovanetti, who along with Sean Becton was uh, those two were the first football players inducted into the UCF hall of fame. He was a, I think he was a middle linebacker, but I don't know if he was an outside linebacker, a middle linebacker. I had him as a middle linebacker, but anyway, also oh, one thing on him, he was on UCS first ever team and he started at 17 years old. That is crazy. So they were like, hey, 17-year-old. Um, it was a different world and a different sport yeah. and a different everything, but good for him. Quite Can you really still not hear the band? I don't mean to say this every... No, especially, wow. especially when you're talking like... Okay, know, well, like... I'm really... I just... It's literally like I can't over-exaggerate. Like my room is shaking. <laughs> so I just... I'm stunned by that, but happy right, well, to hear got, it. Sorry, so taking... I just need to recap my podcast performance today so far. So I showed up having done no research. And then just had to basically spitball and name guys off the top of my head. I've then interrupted it four times now to ask if you can hear the music <laughs> in the background. 
this has been my worst podcast. I apologize, everybody. It has not been it's a going, good podcast for me. It's but, been great. But this is why people what? listen to This us. is what you get when we got two podcasts last week. I put all my effort into the podcast last week. So this one, there's just nothing left. So yeah. sorry, guys. But anyway, Fair enough. Now, right. to, now to do three more categories that I have not prepared for. <laughs> These are, well, I don't know, maybe not easier. But we'll start with special teams. We're both taking a kicker and a punter, and you get the first pick. So Acolade remote. Is that who you're taking? Yep. Okay. That's... That was my entire like my... reasoning is there are two clear kicker choices and I'd be equally happy with either of them, but it's a little murkier. I'm so interested because you said that last night and I'm interested if we're thinking of the same two kickers. Well, Obarski, obviously. And uh... I was just about to take him, Christian. Um, <laughs> How could we thinking... not be thinking about the same two kickers? All right, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I, I, you left him to me, so I'm going to take my first guy, Matthew Wright. Um, who I assume was one of yours, right? Yes. Okay. Career, the career points leader, the record, they had a record-breaking 20. I've never season. heard him referred to as Matthew Wright until just now, but. Instead of Matt Wright? He, yeah. I think he's like mostly referred to as Matthew Wright. Seriously? At least maybe, maybe just I've heard him that in the NFL. I don't think oh, they call anyway. him Matt and Wright in the NFL, do they? I don't know, but he's my kicker now. Um, in a shocking twist, I'm going to take Matt Prater. Okay. Well, that's not who I had. That Who did you have? Sean Moffitt. Oh, yeah. This I is what happens Matt, when I don't. This is what happens when I don't have. To I looked at Matt Prater's <laughs> UCF career, and it wasn't that good. Am I being influenced by his NFL? Well, you that means the fans will. That are. means the fans will too. So I will. Oh no, the fans probably think he's the best kicker in UCF. Not to like say they're like dumb, but like actually, there are older fans that still hate him over the Nevada game. So who knows? I got scared off of like him being one of my top two choices because let me see if I can find it here so that I'm not wrong. Um. His field goal percentage over three years was not good. Four years. What was it? Um, it was 67.6, which is not great. You know what, Bailey? Here's what's great about what? that is all the people on Twitter who didn't listen to this podcast will never know that. They'll just see the name Matt Prater. And like <laughs> yeah, me, having done no research, will vote for my team. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, wait, what? And I looked up and I was looking at other kickers. And there's some other guys that are in the UCF Hall of Fame. Um and then I saw Sean Moffat too, who had was part of that 2013 team. Who no, that's really that's a really good pick. I yeah. I well, I didn't up. pick him, but <laughs> I think oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. He was just yeah. the other guy that I had instead You're of right. Matt Prater. If you would have mixed up, Matt no, you need a punter. Yeah. You um. So I'm left with uh, this is probably. I mean, I don't know. I think he was really good. I and this is me probably going recency bias here. But I'm taking Caleb Houston. Caleb Houston was my second choice. Okay. I, mean, I couldn't find a. Couldn't find a ton of information on UCF punters in history. And I had Mac Lattimore as my first choice, kind of as a pander pick. Listen, guys, Houston... I did a story on Caleb Houston once and uh, his snapper, Gage Marcel. Marcel, I think that's how you pronounce it. And all you know about those guys is they got la- matching lip tats that said punt and snap. And <laughs> that is, and like, it's so funny because I'd heard before I went to interview them, this was back in the days where like UCF media, because no one covered the team didn't care. So you could just like talk to players and not a press conference setting. So I'm literally just chatting with them outside the football building. And I'd heard about the lip tats and I really wanted to like hear more about that. So we're, the interview's going fine. And, I, and then I was, I was interviewing Houston and then Marcel comes over and I'm like, is it true you guys have matching lip tats? And they both pull down their lips and show me. And I'm like, can I get a photo of that? And they're like, yeah, sure, sure. So I took the photo and it was, I was freelancing for the Orlando Sentinel at the time. And they love the photo so much. They ran it in the freaking paper. It's like my crappy iPhone off balance photo of them both pulling their <laughs> lips down. So well, that well, alone, that alone. Well, yeah. So I was, wasn't sure pick. if I was going off of like recency bias, but I looked it up and like he's second all time in number of punts and punt average and punt yardage for UCF. 
No, he so. was very good. I yeah. mean, it, it, that's not recency bias at all. I mean, some people might perceive it that way, but yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I, but I, I have the photo still, but <laughs> I like. It. I'll tweet it when we post the podcast. Good. All right, so it's it's coin flip time for our head coaches, which this will be interesting. Yeah, this will be because we both we're both taking the same strategy to kind of discuss this before we discussed this last night. But I'm taking the coach that's best for my team. Me too. Do you have the coin? I do. The ceremonial coin flip. Well, it's not ceremonial, but tails. It is tails. Taking Scott Frost. All right, we're fine then. Okay, Um, I'm taking him because my quarterback is to for people who haven't listened to the first one. uh, My quarterback's Mackenzie Milton. And I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to Mackenzie Milton if I was taking, I mean, I could have taken Josh Heupel, but I just really didn't want to. I feel like I would have been taking, doing a disservice to him and the style of offense I want to run. Um, because I mean, you, you're not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say that Scott Frost is the best coach in UCF history, but I think for the team that I've crafted here, I don't think, I don't think I want to run like a George O'Leary offense with Mackenzie Milton. So no, I mean, we're looking at this as, as if they're real teams that are going to face off. You, if you right. have Mackenzie Milton, you want Scott Frost as your head coach. Okay, and I'm um, and, curious about your pick. Yeah, this is a pick that no one who didn't listen to the podcast is going to understand, I feel like. My pick is Gus Malzahn. Okay. And the reasoning is that <laughs> Gus Malzahn and Dante Culpepper would dominate the world. Yeah. So that's it. That, that's, that's understandable. That's and you know what's funny is I had him – he was my number two choice. If you had taken Frost, if you were going to do that, I was going to take Malzahn because I still – I don't want to run – I don't want to run an O'Leary offense with McKenzie Milton. Listen, so guys, figured, you just heard my defense. I'm not drafting a defensive minded head coach. We're we're going in on our strengths. So fair enough. And that, and right. let, let's be clear, Gus Malzahn and Scott Frost are in no way the top two coaches in UCF football. No, no, no. They're no, just no. not at all. It they sucks that Gene McDowell well. and Georgia Leary are, and Mike Kruzik are not getting mentioned on here, but it just that's is what it is. Don Jonas. Don Jonas, man. First step head coach. John Don Jonas, who I don't believe was paid. John, so. yeah. Josh right, well, Heupel. I, I said to you last night, I said, I'm gonna take Josh Heupel just for fun. Oh. That would have been awful. Um, all right. Well, now we're back to the coin again to, to determine our uniform. I don't know why we didn't just go back and forth, but okay. Call oh, it. we can't actually. You, you can pick your oh. uniform. I didn't even think. We should just do that. Let's okay. do that. All right. Well, this is the one thing I didn't have to prepare for. Um, right. Let me think Your, your whole life has been in preparing for this. Like, a, you didn't <laughs> have to do anything extra here. So, to be clear, we're picking a team uniform, and it has to be a uniform that they've worn at some point. We're not inventing Yeah, like, it has to be. Yeah, it can't just be, like, I don't know. The gold helmets from now – the gold jerseys from 07 and the black pants from now, which <laughs> why that. you would want that. I don't know, but <laughs> well, it, I was, that's why I was trying option. to think of so, something that you like, no one would pick. Um, I'm going to take the 2017 AAC championship game combo, which was black helmets with the Chrome decals, pewter Jersey and black pants. Um, I, you knew I had to pick pewter. There was no way this was happening. It wasn't pewter. And I think that that is become, I, it, this is weird to say, but like, Every time you see people, and by people, I mean me, posting like UCF, like uniform photos, like all, oh, it's like that one doesn't get a ton of like love. And I think it is one of the coolest things they've ever worn. Uh, it's just because you've got the like doubling up of you've got, it was in the middle of the day. So those chrome gold decals are shining the same color as the pewter jerseys. So you've got black, you've got chrome on black and then the jerseys, they're pewter with the black numbers and you've got black on pewter and it just flows so well into itself. It was such a tough look. It was kind of, it was almost like a defense first look, which is kind of weird to say about uniform, but it really was. And <laughs> It was, I, it was just, it was a yeah. gritty tough uniform and it was, that really, is, it's hard to be gritty and sleek at the same time, but that is what that uniform accomplished. So that's what I'm That about. is one of the ones that like, I always have just like wanted to see. I know they don't do repeat combos that often, but I just always have wanted to see it again. Well, they did do it again in the Gasparilla Bowl, but they did it with the uh, yeah. chrome gold decals with the Lake Eole and the state flag sublimation. Right, right, but right. I just thought it looked way more powerful of the, uh, 
And that's actually a departure because when I ranked all their combos all the time, I put the I put the uh, I keep calling the Gasparillable the Peach Bowl. I did that last night in deck. Um, I put the Gasparillable one higher because I said that it, it could have played off the gold trim of the numbers, but I've grown as a person in the last two years and I've changed my mind. Okay, so the way the way that we've done where we were going to do this, so you picked it's a they I mean they wore it at home, but it's I can take a I have to take a darker jersey. I would right? say yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to take a dark jersey. Okay. Um, did you make a list? You don't just have them memorized. Yeah. I do. I have, I have a list of three. Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the, my top one, I guess, since it's available. Uh, and it's the college game day combo, the gold, black, black, I think, which I think that, yeah. I mean, I think we, that was a bad choice. Okay. Um, Why would you not take, I know they didn't win the game, but the, the literally two years later, they wore the exact same combo, but with the reverse UCF logo instead on the helmets. And it was such an improvement because then it could play off the numbers. Yeah. All right. Cause it, 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 <laughs> you heard it, it here I'm, first. I'm going for, I'm going for votes. I'm going for votes here, and people will. People hate games. I couldn't pick one that we lost in because people hate those. Those those uniforms are dead to them if if we if UCF loses the game. Yeah, um, let me tell you about a time that UCF and me to an extent helped seed this beautiful game day gear <laughs> gauntlet two years ago. Now it took a, spent a lot of time on it so that fans could vote through a March Madness bracket of the best UCF uniform in. All they did was vote for the wins and not vote for the losses. And then when all the losses were gone, just voted for space. So thank you guys. I'm still mad about <laughs> oh, that. We should have said that we, I mean, I don't know that either. We, neither of us were going to pick it anyway, but we outlawed picking space for this. Anyway. We did. We did. Um, because so. stop it, you guys. Anyway. Yeah. Um, um, what I was going to say, was like, once you picked the pewter jersey, I was thinking I had two of the, a look that I really, really like, I just want to say it because, I mean, it was very recent, but the blackout against USF this year with the new Nighthead. Oh, it was so good. I'm obsessed with it. Like Second best second best blackout they've done for sure. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a really – was the other one the FAU one? Yeah, FAU one's yeah. the best blackout in UCF history. To shout you out, I to kind of get some inspiration, I went back to your uniform rankings and was like – Oh, did you? See here. I Do did. they hold up? Because I wrote that a couple um, years ago. I think so for the most part. I didn't like read them in depth, but like I read like the top half of the list and I was like, yeah, it seems like I'm curious. Like if you, if you were to do an updated one, like where things would land. I, um, I, I started an updated one. Yeah. I started, well, I, I, I wrote most of an updated one after last season and I was running into problems. Cause I'd like, my views had changed. Like I didn't like where I'd ranked certain ones from when I did it the first time. So then I got two in the weeds and I didn't do it, but you know, um, yeah. whatever, <laughs> what can you do? I'll cool. do it eventually. Right, well, I'll get. I'll, I'll, I'll do. I'll do it a year or two. But anyway, there's our uh, our UCF football all time draft. Should, should we list out our full teams? I guess we should. Yeah. In the interest of bringing everyone together here with both the podcasts we've done, um, you want me to start? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Well, my my team led by head coach Scott Frost on offense. I have Mackenzie Milton. Two running backs are Willie English and Storm Johnson. My wide receivers are Gabriel Davis, Marlon Williams, Sean Beckton, and Brandon Marshall. My center is Mike Grudetaria. My guards are Cole Schneider and Parker Boudreaux. My tackles are Josh Sitton and Wyatt Miller. And then over to my defense, if I can find it. Uh, my defensive line consists of Bruce Miller, Dale Rudd, Terrell Troop, and Jemias Pittman. My linebackers are Terrence Plummer, Shaquem Griffin, Bob Spitulski. My corners are Joe Burnett and Josh Robinson. My safeties are Clayton Gethers and Kamal Ishmael. And my kicker is Matthew Wright. My punter is Caleb Houston. And we will be wearing... Gold helmets, black jerseys, black pants from the 2018 college game day game. And now the winning team, coached by Gus Malzahn, 
Got Dante Culpepper at quarterback. I almost said Dante quarterback pepper. That was what I was trying <laughs> for. Got Dante Same Culpepper thing. at quarterback. My running backs are Kevin Smith and Greg McRae. If you didn't listen to that podcast, we have an extra running back because there's been too many good running backs. So just they're going to sub in. They're going to sub in. We could have done that with corners um, this draft, but oh well. Actually, yeah, but, nah, it's too late. Uh, my wide receivers, I've got Traquan Smith, Brashad Perriman, Mike Sims Walker, and JJ Wharton. Uh, my tackles, I got Ja Reed and Sam Jackson. My guards, I got the McRae brothers. And my center, I've got Jordan Johnson. Uh, heading on over to defense. Uh, my D line, I've got Kalia Davis, Tristan Hill, uh, Doosable, Troy Davis, <laughs> the Davises. I got Troy Davis, Titus oh. Davis at linebacker, Pat Jasinski and Nate Evans at linebacker as well. Um, don't worry about outside versus middle linebacker distinctions there. Um, at corner, I've got Shaquille Griffin and Asante Samuel. At safety, I've got Grant and Big D. Oh, and then my special teams, I've got Matt Laddermilk as the punter, Matt Prater as the kicker, who apparently was not good. <laughs> and we will be wearing black Peter Black with the black eyes decals. As like we're going through, like I'm, I, I'm just gonna say this. Like I think my team's better, but your team's also very very good. And I just like it just goes to show, like I don't know. It's it was a fun exercise. Shout out Gasparilla Bowl Enjoyer. I'm never gonna use your real name. I'm sorry. That is like, his real name. Yeah, that's his legal so, name. So now. sorry, but that's his name to us. Um, um but yeah. So I, I've talked. I meant I mentioned on this podcast. My dad's, but like a day one UCF fan. Well, not day one, but close to it. He's pretty old. And uh, <laughs> after gosh. what he is, it's a fact. I mean, <laughs> and uh, after um, we did our offense podcast, I was feeling really good about mine. And I showed it to my dad. I sent him the list and I was like, what do you, what do you think? Who had the better team? And he was just like Bailey. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So, uh, you told me that. And I said, I, that means more to me than the, the, like, the vote. <laughs> but the vote I'm still, really curious who yeah. will win this vote. So I don't know where we're going to post it. Uh, I don't know. I was going to, we were going to talk about it after. Week. Because um, it's already Wednesday and we've got plan. Well, I can't do. I'm going to the basket. I'm covering the basketball game right after this, so I can't tonight. Yeah, let's and just then, let's, let's do it sometime next week, and then maybe we can do it around the same time we're posting the pod. That way, like we can talk about it on the pod. Hey, look out for that this. makes sense. Um, oh, and we can't this weekend. I will be busy because Bailey will be in town, and we're going yes. to some UCF sporting events. I'm very excited, yes, which we will talk about in a minute. Actually, let's do it. Um, but quickly, not a lot of football news because the last time we did football news was Thursday. <laughs> um, but since then, UCF elevated Ross Newton to the general manager of the program, uh, and UCF uh, lost their wide receivers coach, Daryl Wyatt. He went to Boston College to take the same job there. Um, they're I mean, obviously in the process of finding him. And then um, USFL draft was uh, happening on – what's today? Today's Wednesday. On Tuesday night, uh, Rashard Causey went to the Tampa Bay Bandits, and Jordan McRae, who is also on Christian's team, uh, went to the Birmingham Stallions. And the last piece of football news is not news because we didn't get a workout report from Jalen Griffin this week. I just had to mute myself not to laugh because you put a, I you put a sad face <laughs> next to that. In the, I did. In the we talked about on the podcast how like how helpful those have been in, in helping us determine all of UCF's position battles and who's Let, setting the standard for the workouts. Let's be real. He didn't post it because he didn't set the standard this week. That is the only minutes. explanation. We're, we're forced. So. Yeah, we're forced to make that assumption, unfortunately. Do better, Jalen so. Griffin. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll move on to game of the week, which is what I just referenced a second ago. Game of the week this week is UCF women's basketball, who earned their first ranking uh, of the season. And it was the first ranking ever, right? Yep. Um, program history. Number 25 in the poll that people, non, the non-A people, the poll that people don't really pay attention to. We're going to pay attention to it. Number 25, UCF women's basketball. They're 20 and three, 12 and one in the AAC. They play at home on Saturday against Cincinnati, who's 10 and 15, three and 10 in the AAC. And I'm just still really not sure how Cincinnati is the one team UCF has lost to in the conference this year. 
But um, this game tips off at 2 p.m. on Saturday. Christian and I will be there with the win. Uh, UCF will get to hoist the AAC regular season tro- championship trophy. Um, always cool to, post, to hold a trophy, hoist a trophy, I guess I, was, I should say. Regular season um, trophies mean nothing, but okay. Yeah, we've Go talked ahead. about that on the podcast, how you hold that opinion. And, like, I understand that in the grand scheme of things, they don't. I think they should. Well, they don't. I still, still think they should carry more weight, but, yeah, they don't. Well, if it carried more weight, they would do it in football, and they don't because it doesn't mean no anything. i mean yeah like could you imagine ucf get it like could you imagine like in this past season like well it doesn't work because they won it but like the last time that like an aac <laughs> team that won the regular season they get it tro- like ucf getting a trophy then going and losing the conference title game no, it's just well what's the trophy i get it for i get it more so in football because like both the two teams typically like they sometimes they do but they don't play each other in the regular season and it's like the two best regular season teams playing for the overall conference championship but like in sports like basketball you play all these teams and then over the course of the conference season, you can be the best team and then have a slip up in the conference tournament, and you're not ne- you're not technically the conference champions. I feel like the overall I've been talking overall I've been talking a lot about overall body of work on this podcast, but like overall, I feel like it's it's more important if you're like UCS twelve and one in the AAC. If they just happen to lose a co- conference tournament game, like that sucks that they're not going to be considered the actual conference champions. That's that's my argument for it, but I understand that that's not the way it works. Yeah, the argument against it is like if you're going to hand out a trophy for that, why are you then having a tournament after? For the automatic bid. Well, why is the well, you're so you get a trophy but not a bid? No, I mean you're because that's the thing is if you win, it, like that's the thing. UCF at this point is going to make it anyway. Yeah. So, like, I think usually I just don't think it means anything. Like, usually it's cool. the like, champion. It's the trophy that holds me up and the fact that teams will like make rings and stuff for it. Like, it's just like, yeah. like when a team like, and I, and UCF teams have done it. Was it women's soccer who did it a couple yeah. years ago? It's like, yeah, I, they got clowned for it. A lot of, like, every team does it though. I know That's it's not thing. just UCF thing. I just think it's yeah, I, like, it's I a cool it's accomplishment, but it's not like an actual, like you didn't actually win the conference. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing that I've always like kind of annoyed at, but like, it's still as thing as you you've admitted. It's it's cool. Like if if they win the AAC regular season championship, it's their first regular season oh, yeah, conference I hope championship do. since 05. Um, and obviously, I mean, we it's it's been cool over the last couple of days to see how how many people are like all aboard. Like Coach Abe is just the best. Um, well, she is. I mean, yeah, it's like... I mean, she is. But it's just I'm glad that people are like realizing that and are like actually talking about it because this program has absolutely been incredible over the last several years since she got here and the you posted the stat like a few years before that she got here it was just in the doldrums people have forgotten that program was like lifeless doesn't even describe it at the end uh, it, it was of the you know the they last, went like seven and 23 era. i think the year before it, coach it, abe got here and they won in the three seasons leading up to arrival they won seven games nine games and ten games i mean that is like <laughs> my god guys so middle yeah, middling done. isn't even like that wasn't even middling that was just <laughs> awful yeah she's done a remarkable job so hopefully they can hang on to her for the rest of time because yeah so but christian and i christian and i to actually go back to this we're going to the softball game against Ole miss on friday evening 6 6 p.m i think it is and then we're going to the ucf women's basketball game on saturday so Love i'm excited we've been looking forward to this for like a month now oh i'm so, so excited i literally can't wait so we'll be very we'll be very because you used to live in orlando like even last year we go to games all the time and yeah. i i haven't worked up the nerve to just go to games by myself yet so this is a, <laughs> you a keep saying like i might go to the game tonight and then you just don't well i actually but there were a couple times covering... this past week where i almost went i am i'm going to that point tonight yeah. but i'm covering it it's easy to, I, I mean I, I i like i like so here's the thing like i really i we've talked about before in the podcast i prefer to cover rather than be a fan like i like writing about stuff i like doing podcasts on stuff tweeting stuff etc the exceptions for that are like baseball 
and softball because I'm just not an expert on those sports at all, <laughs> even though ironically the very first sport I ever covered was UCF softball. Um, shout out to the now shout out to Evan. <laughs> Central Florida future. Uh, yeah, shout out to Evan Abramson. Gave me my first job in sports at the Central Florida future. Fired me a couple months after that, but still got me started. Um, still swears he didn't fire you, right? What'd you say? Didn't he, does he still swear that he didn't fire you? No, he admits he fired me. He just says that it oh. doesn't count because it wasn't his choice. Okay, so got all right. Quick story time. So the Central Florida Future was the um the student like newspaper at UCF. It's it's dead now. It died in like 2016. I was and very it, excited to write for it, and then it died right before I got to campus. It'd been a thing for years. My dad had written at it when he was a kid, so it was like a big deal that I like my freshman year I got on there as a freelancer, and I got my got a job covering a job quote unquote. I was get paid for it covering um UCF softball and. And if you go through the journalism program at UCF, when you graduate from UCF, you need to present 10 clips, which is 10 written stories. And if you're like a legitimate journalist, like I was, and like Bailey was, you, you'd write 10 things in like a two week period. Like I had hundreds of clips when I graduated. So I got booted because some kid who was graduating needed to fill out their portfolio and they only had like seven clips. So they needed to go cover softball so they could get the rest of their clips. After, somehow so that so that's what happened and i didn't know Evan at the time like he was just like my quote-unquote boss and we became good friends like a couple years after that and i learned the full story but yeah so uh the moral of the story is don't slack off in college because then some random kid you never met will not like you so yeah yeah all right tweet nice. of the week tweet of the week um <laughs> after, after really a lot of a lot of options out there i've seen you get into quite the uh the scuffles on twitter i don't know if you guys could tell from that but i'm definitely over the future thing um all right, so Tweet of the Week, once again, is going to an official USF account. and That's three I, times now. I, well, if they'd stop tweeting dumb stuff, it would stop happening. Um, so UCF Softball is off to a 6-4 and four start, 6-5 and five start now, which that record on its face is Isn't disappointing. 7-5 now? They won today. Did they already play today? Yeah. They played again, guys, I got home from working down this podcast. They beat, they beat FIU 11 to nothing. Jeez, which that's what I was pointing out because I it's the record on it at face value was a little misleading because they just went through this tournament where they played nothing but top teams and they performed pretty damn well against them and notched a couple really good wins. But two of those wins came against current Big 12 teams. So UCF softball ripping me off since I tweeted earlier, tweeted a joke that that was a joke that didn't rip me off. Yeah. Um, that they uh, that they're now two and zero in Big Twelve play, and USF softball and USF social media's infinite wisdom replies with the AAC standings and says, "Here's a look at your current American softball standings." Horns up. There have been no AAC games. They just posted a photo, and they're both zero and zero. Like I th- like I get what they're going they're, for. They want you to look at yeah. the like overall their record, dunk, but it, their dunk was that usf was like six and two and ucf is seven and five or six which and makes five. no sense because when you look at ucf's original post like oakland like there's other teams finding with worse records that were just making a joke about the conference standings. then usf posts check out our conference standings which are <laughs> oh and oh because there haven't been games i just yeah. like and then like usf fans thinking that was a sick burn and like you replying to it and they're like you don't get it and like oh no yeah well, you get it it's just it's dumb well, the problem is USF fans are just so starved for any kind of burn on social media that like that they're like, oh, got them with another false statement. So I just man. it's it's so bad. It's rough. They're, they're really bad at it. I, I don't get how they should be better at it. Like, I don't I don't know what goes into being good at dissing on social it's important media, now. Like it's, it's, it's a big it's a thing now. It is a legit. If you are running social media for a team, that is part of your job is to be able to is to be able to fend off attacks from other teams. And they're so bad at it. They're just very, very horrible at it. I don't really have any contributions this week. I know, I know you were also fighting with like some Miami fans again, and Miami fans continue to be delusional. 
So what is it even to say? Like Miami fan, like they, they'll they just post and be like, Miami is the best program in Florida. I'm just like, what am I even supposed to say to that? I'm like, okay, congrats. Like I haven't been, know. hasn't been what, like 22 years, 20 years. I haven't had years. a top 10 season, a conference title or a new year's six bowl win in 20 years now, but they are the best program in Florida. So yeah. I don't make the rules. So they also don't have real fans. So there's that too. Um, I, yeah. But seriously, all those, all those FIU students I was fighting with on Twitter who are Miami fans on social media, congrats to them. Really great. <laughs> that's funny that's actually that's i was like when you said fi i was like you're fighting with fiu too and i was like uh oh just it's just not a joke it's just actually the no, way yeah, it no, it's, it's no it's that's that's miami's fan base the most confusing day in the history of south florida was an fiu when fiu beat miami and their own student body was <laughs> upset so you know what can you do <laughs> oh that's just great all right well we're, uh, we're going to get out of here again keep an eye out i think probably sometime next week for the actual official vote on these all-time ucf teams um i really enjoyed doing this like it was actually really fun as much like research and how much as much time as it took me i really enjoyed doing it and getting a look back at all these players and going back and forth with with our team so and also i think i'm gonna like figure out something where like i'm gonna i'm gonna try to remember who's on my team and just like keep those guys in mind they now i have like an extra bit of fond memories of them now that they're like <laughs> they, they play for my team um so that's cool but yeah, we'll be back next week. I really don't know what we're going to talk about next week. Um, if anyone has any ideas, shout them out. This was a great idea from Gasparilla Bowl Enjoyer. I have a couple of um, ideas that we can talk okay. about in the next few days. But Nice. All right. Well, any, anyways, we'll be back next week, episode 63. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Once again, thank you guys so much for being with us, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.